self-declared democratic socialists have been elected by American voters at some of the highest level of state and federal government. In 2016, over 2 million people under the age of 30 voted for Bernie Sanders as a democratic candidate for president. Nearly 50% of young people between the ages of 16 and 23 have a positive view of socialism and actually prefer it over capitalism. Up next, we're going to talk to Morgan Zeggers about the truth behind socialism. From the nation's capital, this is Concerned Women Today with Penny Young Nance, president and CEO of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy organization for women in the nation. Here's your host, Penny Nance. Joining me today is Morgan Zeggers, who is a young woman who has really taken on the issue of socialism, travels around the country, speaks on college campuses. She has a great podcast called, I love this, Some Sanity, and then her column is called Commie Fighter. So as you uh, may know, as we talked about, she is really focused in on the issue of socialism and particularly taking the time to explain to young Americans why this system of government is not only antiquated, but antithetical to what we believe in as, as Americans and basically not good for them, good for their future. So welcome, Morgan. Thank you for coming on Concerned Women today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really respect and admire what you guys do. So I'm excited to be on. You know, Morgan, like many older people, I found it so surprising that I think it's something like 2 million young people voted for Bernie Sanders for president. You know, on paper, it doesn't seem like that he would be someone that would be appealing to millennials and to Generation Z, but for some reason he is. I think mostly it is about, it has to do with confusion over socialism and what that really means. So let's just first define the terms. I'd love for you to explain to anyone in our audience the difference between socialism and you know what, we, what Bernie Sanders and AOC embrace as democratic socialism. And then also what is communism compared to those things? Oh boy. Okay. Big question to start out with, but I do want to mention you hit the nail right on the head when you said that this whole situation is really just about confusion. It's about naivete and it's about my generation lacking a basic understanding of policy, economics, and history. And so when I first founded the organization Young Americans Against Socialism, I did so, I started to look into it in 2018 after the squad was elected, because that's really when we heard the term democratic socialism become even more normalized in the mainstream media. Bernie Sanders really brought it to the main conversation when he ran uh, in 2016. But when the squad was elected, that's when we started to see it all over the place and polls started to come out showing crazy numbers. And I'm talking a majority of young Americans would choose socialism over capitalism. That came from Gallup in 2019. And then a Victims of Communism poll, they partnered with uh, YouGov in 2019 and 2020. And the numbers showed that right now about 70% of young Americans would vote for a socialist. The good news, though, and this is where the confusion aspect comes in, the same group was tested by victims of communism, and they were asked, do you trust the government? Only 5 to 6% of that population said yes. And so when you have 70% of them willing to vote for a socialist and 5 to 6% of them trusting the government, it shows there is so much uh, opportunity for us to reach them with a more positive message about the realities of socialism. Okay, pause right there, because I think this goes to marketing, right? 
AOC is think what you want to and say what you want to say, but she's good marketing. She's good packaging of the ideas. And when you have the women's magazines, I think it was a vanity fair who did a photo shoot of her in a $10,000 white suit. That was beautiful. She looked beautiful. Um, but it, it's just so antithetical to what she says that she believes. I mean, it's just, you know, it's almost laughable. But don't you think that's really kind of why that it took off that you suddenly this insidious uh, ideology had a, a, a reasonably good vessel in order to uh, sort of permeate the, the general population of young voters? Of course. And it is all about marketing. It's about messaging. And it's a lot easier to pitch the message that they are pitching, that everybody should be taken care of in some shape or form. And uh, for us, we really have struggled as conservatives. And you you asked me to define the terms. Part of the problem is that socialism has been overused and misused by the left and the right. And so conservatives, they call every tax, every government action, everything that you see from DC, they call that socialism. The left, they tell us that socialism is just going to be democratic socialism, the kind we see in Nordic Europe. So let's get some things straight here. Socialism is when you seize the means of production. It's when you nationalize major industries. That means the government is taking over private business and industry. So when we think of young Americans wanting socialism, does it really make sense for them to also want the government that they don't trust to take over private business and industry? I like to talk about this as economic power. With capitalism, classical liberalism, the people have the power. The people have the power in terms of being able to own a business, participate in the economy, and have financial strength. Uh, with socialism, it's the government that has the economic power and financial power. My concern moving forward, and this is where you see that difference between socialism and communism. I say fight the commies because in the end, socialism leads to communism. Why is that? It's because when the government is given economic control over the people, once they have that level of power to control people financially and economically, they are able to uh, demand the desired behavior and action that they want to see. And so what I'm worried about in America is this is truly an unprecedented experience. In countries like Venezuela, what happened is you had socialists who were democratically elected into office via elections. Uh, once they were in power, they started to seize the means of production. They took over private business and industry. That led to eventually them becoming a socialist dictatorship, a regime, yada, yada. In America, though, we have the richest of the rich, the billionaires, the millionaires, the business elites, the business titans, they are aligning with the eat the rich socialists. They all have the same leftist agenda and they didn't have to seize the means of production to flex their economic and financial power over us to control certain behavior. And that's what's so interesting. We saw it with the MLB. We're seeing, seeing it in Texas and in South Dakota. These major corporations, woke corporations are controlling our behavior and action with their economic uh, power. And it's really an unprecedented time. It's almost like we're skipping this step of socialism and the leftist is already able to control us in many ways. So it's, it's so, interesting. So just to, you know, to lean into the point then. So you're basically what you're saying is that, and it's what it's true, that socialism devolves into authoritarianism and that's communism in which the people are, um, are uh, you know, are abused into silence. They're, they're, you know, enslaved by the military, by the police in whatever way into forcing and squelching any kind of dissent. Now that's 
certainly not where we are with corporations, but when they when you have large uh, factions of your community, a way to communicate with the American public um, that are colluding with each other, right? Um, and I, I, I think it would be very difficult at this point to, to suggest otherwise. When you have all of big tech colluding to silence any sort of uh, discussion um, uh, that they find offensive in some way, then, then you've got a problem and you have to, Congress, I believe, needs to act. And we've had Josh Hawley and others uh, that have really spoken out on this point. And we hope that to continue to work with them on that. Um, can you just step back for a second and then sort of talk about the difference then between socialism, communism, and because when you read what they say about themselves, they say, oh, no, 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 democratic, democratic socialism is totally different. That's, it's not the same at all. Yeah, and, and what they're doing is they're they're telling young people, especially the people in my generation, I'm right between Gen Z and millennials, so it flip-flops for me, uh, but they say that we're going to end up like Nordic Europe, and Nordic Europe is a social democracy, and so that's where you have a capitalist economy, there's private industry, private business, people can participate as they wish and as they choose, uh, but at the end of the day, they do have very high taxes and a lot of regulation. The problem that we're seeing here, and this is really where I like to hone in, the democratic socialists in America are completely different than the social democrats of Nordic Europe. And when you read the fine print, when you read the constitutions of these organizations on the far left, when you read their websites, it's very clear that they have no intention of having a capitalist system with a lot of regulation and a lot of uh, large social programs. When you look at websites, for example, the Democratic Socialists of America. This was a couple years ago. They did remove this from their website, but I have a PDF of it. Uh, what they had was that their intentions are to get rid of capitalism and replace private business and industry with worker-owned collectives, with collective ownership of private business. That's pretty much a whistle for the government's going to own it in the name of the people, in the name of the workers. Uh, when you read it, though, they talk about that's their long-term goal, they just don't have a plan to implement it yet. And I thought it was fascinating because the left is so good at messaging. Of course, they're not going to admit how that's usually done, how you seize the means of production in the name of the workers, right. in the name of the people. Nobody's going to put that on a website because it usually takes force. That's why it's called seizing the means of production. So it says they don't have a long-term plan for it yet, but then they explain that they will continue to implement larger taxes and more regulation to slowly gain control of the businesses in order to take them over. And so I dedicate a lot of my time to finding examples like this to really expose to my generation what that means and how there's a huge difference. I like to, when I talk to young people, I explain it as for a hundreds of years, Americans have stood together on a basis of classical liberalism and capitalism. And so what is that? Uh, individual economic power, it's a, a balance of power, checks and balances in our system of government, a system of justice, uh, all of those really great things. That's what we've stood on. And we've argued back and forth as Republicans and Democrats, but now, there's a side, a faction that is rising and they are growing in power. They're very well funded. They're very well organized. It's Black Lives Matter. It's the DSA. It's the Justice Democrats. It's Antifa. It's the Sunrise Movement. They have millions of dollars. I mean, Black Lives Matter fundraised $90 million in 2020. And they are completely against capitalism and classical liberalism, the things that make our country so wonderful. So that's really who I think we need to be focusing on. Of course, there's a bunch of problems in the country, but that that rise of the radical left, the authoritarians, is what I like to pay attention to. 
Well, and Black Lives Matter had on their website until they took it down because it got so much attention and people were like, you know, onto them, um, that how that they were against the traditional family and they believed in collectivism. And so, you know, yes, very clearly, and they've said publicly that, you know, they are run by trained Marxists. I mean, they're, they're not really shy about it. Um, but to your point, they've gotten, they raised $90 million. Much of that money was given by corporate America whose interest they, uh, they do not serve, whose, uh, whose, you know, whose views on ideology they are not in line with and agreement with, whose view of our country and a capitalistic society they oppose. What do you make of that? Well, it, you're spot on. Uh, when I, I spoke at CPAC, I'm not sure if you were there, uh, I didn't run into you, but I spoke at CPAC and they asked me to come and use the left in their own words. So expose them for the words that they're already using on their website and, and in their communication to lefties and to young people. And so I specifically talked about Black Lives Matter and their attack on the nuclear family. Not only did it say that they were against the family structure, but they said they wanted to get rid of the American nuclear family structure in exchange for raising the children by the community, community raising. They also said they wanted to get rid of capitalism. And so I've done a little digging into this. And if you look at a, a really interesting article, I can send it your guys' way if you want to include it in the description. Uh, Teen Vogue is actually another great example of a, a corporation, if you will, or at least a, a woke company that makes a lot of money in our capitalist economy. And then at the same time advocates for its end. I did some digging and it turns out that- Hold, hold that thought. We're going we're gonna to break right now, but I want to come back and talk some more about Teen Vogue because I have a whole list of things about them that I just find absolutely appalling. So hold that thought. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, ladies, you're smart, passionate, and savvy. You care about your family and you care about our nation. That's why you should join Concerned Women for America. I'm Penny Nance, president and CEO of Concerned Women for America, and I pray you will visit ConcernedWomen.org to learn how you can add your voice to the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. That's ConcernedWomen.org. Welcome back. We are here with Concerned Women today. And joining me today is Morgan Zeggers, who is an incredible young leader who spends her time um, both through her podcast, which is called Some Sanity, which I, I think everybody needs to go and follow, but also with her, her column in Newsmax called Call Fighter. Morgan, we were just talking about how there's this odd situation in which corporate America, corporations that we all do business with, it's actually very difficult not to do business with them because they've become so big. Um, but even smaller ones, like you mentioned uh, Teen Vogue, which is replete with just, just articles that I won't even go into because most of our audience would find them so objectionable. They would be shocked to hear what they are, but, um, and, but they are, uh, it, it is targeted to young women, not, not high school women, not even college women, but even younger women, middle school women. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what you've seen from Teen Vogue and other, you know, sort of the corporate titans that should be concerned about socialism, um, but yet they seem to be supporting it more than placating it, supporting it. 
Yeah. Uh, so Teen Vogue has been in hot water many times over the last few years. I mean, they've had articles. I won't say the really insane ones because they're quite dirty, to be honest. Uh, but they've had articles articles about here's what you need to know about Karl Marx. Here's why the Communist Manifesto is still relevant in society. Here is why Antifa are fighting the racists of America. That's what they called Antifa, the anti-racist fighting block of the left. It's, it's some pretty strange stuff to look into. And I was so curious as to why this was happening. I found out that the news and politics editor of Teen Vogue, a, a magazine that targets to 12 to 17 year olds. I mean, I used to read this magazine. My grandma and my mother would gift me subscriptions for Christmas. And so I would get one every, every month and it would be articles about nail polish colors for your skin tone and cute dresses that you can buy for spring with floral patterns on them, stuff like that, it's innocent. Now they're saying stuff about communism, the communist manifesto and Karl Marx. So I realized yeah, and also it's it's what I said about it is it, if it, it's almost like a how to guide for a pedophile. I mean, it is shocking the yeah. information that the, and I'm not listen, I don't I don't come at that lightly. I you know, I, I, I really think there is a real problem there with the way that they're targeting young, young women. Of course, and to speak on that, I do think it's important to talk about those values as conservative women. It went from articles like I used to read that were, should you kiss this boy? Should you go on this date? What to do on a first date? Some more innocent topics. And then it gets into guides for sexual activities and even more so just pushing the narrative that you can have that hookup culture. You don't need to commit yourself. You can be an open relationship. So the narrative is really shifted there. But uh, back to what I found out, the news and politics editor of Teen Vogue is actually a trans anarcho-communist. And she had Teen Vogue sponsor a table and a panel at the Socialist Party Convention of 2019. And there's a great article that, it, that looks into this. If you guys uh, just Google that basic information on the Google search bar, it should show up as the first result. But they talked, she was on this panel and she's asked about the influence of Teen Vogue and their intentions. And she said, well, you know, there's a lot of conservative parents out there that are worried we're going to be preaching communism to the kids out there. Well, I'm here to tell you that we aren't at the gates. We are in the tower. That is exactly what she said at the Socialist Party of 2019 convention. It's insane to me. And then when you look into it further, the panels at this convention talked exactly about what Black Lives Matter had in their agenda on their website. They said that the nuclear family structure upholds a capitalist system and that they must get rid of it in order to build a collective society where people aren't focused on the individual and on the family unit and on the community, but instead are a part of one large collective. They also said that pregnancy is a tool of oppression and that they must get rid of capitalism to free women from being stuck at home with our children. So it's some pretty radical stuff. And when you find out that each aspect of uh, pop culture of society is connected, it's, it's quite concerning because I think of immediately like TikTok. The TikTok teen stars of today all still have the Black Lives Matter fist as their profile picture. And Black Lives Matter, like you said, is run by trained Marxists. They want to end the capitalist system. They want to get rid of the nuclear family. So the interweb that's behind the scenes of this system is so concerning for the future. Well, as more and more stories come out about the leaders of Black Lives, Black Lives Matters and the um, the amount of money that is being thrown around, I don't think the stories written yet about how their finances are are being run and and you know whether all of it's on the level. So that'll be interesting to see as all that 
unwinds in the future. So tell me, Morgan, if a parent's listening and they're like, oh my goodness, my kid's in college right now and the things that are coming out of his mouth, I don't recognize. What is your advice to them as they are trying as as a parent or another a friend who, uh, you know, some, another student who's very concerned about the direction of the university, what advice do you have for them in order to really help explain to their generation or their, their relative what is the truth is behind this issue? Well, that's the problem that we're facing right now. Two generations of Americans, both millennials and Gen Z, have been pushed through this system that has led to 70% of them being willing to vote for a socialist. And so you have to look at the factors. Is it the values that we're teaching? Are we just so privileged to live in this very easy society compared to what other people experience around the world that we can't possibly imagine how terrible other systems really are? And so we feel like we need to fight back and be social justice warriors. I think that's definitely a large factor. The other is the K through 12 school system. And so looking at curriculum reform, looking at uh, fixes to that, I think is so important. I immediately say to people, get your kid out of government schools. I think that's so important for us to do. There are other solutions and there are more growing opportunities for people to look, even just resources on opportunities for parents to take. That's so important. Uh, so I'm I'm not sending my kids to government school, I can tell you that, and I tell everybody to consider that moving forward. The other situation is that they're missing so much information on the basics of economics, history, comparative history specifically, uh, and current events in K through 12, and I'm talking middle school is when they should be starting to learn about this. They go into the college system completely unprepared to fight back against the professors. And so a lot of people automatically think, oh, I can't send my child to college. I've got to be aware that when they go, they might have their mind completely changed. This starts at a much younger age. And the, the after effects are really just them going to college and not being able to understand that they are being so lied to in the classroom there. We need to equip them from a younger age. The next thing though, everybody always asks me, what can I do from this day on? People are infuriated. They are so upset with what's going on and they want an immediate call to action. I say, start going to the school board meetings. I'm hearing this across the conservative movement and across just classical liberals, liberals that are maybe moderate, that are less like us on so many issues, they're concerned as well. Go to the local school board meeting, find out if your school board is putting out the 1619 project or any critical race theory curriculum. When I mentioned that the Black Lives Matter movement has $90 million, a really interesting interview that one of the founders recently did was her talking about how they have a ton of money, they weren't prepared for this, and they don't have the infrastructure to handle it. And she said that right now their reputation is really just being known for going out in the streets and protesting and getting all angsty as soon as somebody's killed by police. She said they want to change that and they want to grow their infrastructure and be prepared to spend that money. I think what we're going to see is it's not just going to be the 4,500 current schools that teach the 1619 Project and Critical Race Theory they are going to try and grow that on a local level, school district by school district. So the more people we can get active at that level, running for school district, or at least being prepared to fight back against this theory being preached at a school level, the better. I think that's the first step everybody should be taking. Well, and you know, again, I my kids went to private Christian school, and uh, even my daughter graduated from Liberty University, and I have done my best to avoid state schools. My son's at Virginia Tech now, but he's a uh, He's an ROTC scholar, so I'm not having to pay for that. Um, but for ev not every parent has the same opportunities that I've enjoyed. And so I always want to be careful about that. But even if your kid's in public school and you can't see a way forward, 
homeschooling is not an option for you. Private schools is not an option for you. And I, re I respect that there are people in that situation. Um, you can prepare your kids though. There are, uh, to your point, Morgan, lots of resources. Concerned Women for America, we have our Young Women for America chapters. We have an entire curriculum. Um, it's called The Truth About Socialism. So that's one opportunity for you to take a look and, and share with your kid and work together to help them understand. Morgan, you've got your podcast. You've got your column on Newsweek. There's other resources. And so I just think, and, and it's not just this issue. There's a, a range of issues that if your kid is in public school right now, they're being indoctrinated. That's just the reality. Um, so it is incumbent upon the parent to counter that, whether doing it at home around the kitchen table is certainly the preferable way. But I would say add to that what you just said, Morgan, showing up at the school board meeting, raising the idea of you cannot indoctrinate my children in this, frankly, hateful, anti-American uh, agenda, the 1619 Project. It's, it, BLM is racist. 1619 is, is hateful and antithetical to American history. Kids are not being taught history, by the way. Core curriculum is suffering because of all the add-ons, all the social justice add-ons and all the gender identity add-ons that is happening in the classroom. So to get your school back to where it needs to be so that your kid is able to compete in a world economy is really up to us. And we have to work hard to do it. And we wanna equip you, um, for all of our viewers and listeners, we wanna equip you to do that and to actually lean into the culture and to bring people with you. So anyway, um, Morgan, again, tell everyone how they can follow you, how they can find out more about you. And I think, do you have a book also? Not yet. I, I've had some people reach out about that, but maybe in a few time. Yeah. So like I said, people in middle school and high school, as young as that are, missing crucial information about history, economics, policy, current events. And that's why I founded the nonprofit to reach those young Americans and the people who already graduated from the system and still are lacking that information. We want to reach them with just some of the basics that will equip them moving forward. And so our nonprofit produces videos on history, economics, policy, current events, all the great stuff. And they're very short videos. If you go to fightsocialism.org, you'll be able to show them to your children. It's links to all of our social media where we post them. And then of course I can get a little more political and a little more sassy on the podcast that I have uh, and on my column for Newsmax. But those, if you search uh, fightsocialism.org, you'll be linked to everything that we do. And we are a nonprofit. So we work really hard on that. Everybody uh, dedicates their time to this mission. And it's really just about reaching people, not just on the conservative side, but leaning left in the middle that are very, very susceptible to falling for the lies of the left. And I can't thank you enough for allowing me to come on and talk about this and share the message. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I'm guessing that you don't have corporate dollars from Silicon Valley propping you up. You're doing what we're doing, which is, you know, appealing to small donors. So I think it's great for people to support you. And we're really grateful for what you're doing. So um, keep us posted on what comes next, Morgan. God bless you. And thank you for doing the hard work of democracy educating our young people and making sure that they have the tools they need to be effective in this in this country. There are future leaders for sure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That's all we have today. Thank you for joining us on Concerned Women Today.
Thanks for listening. Concerned Women Today is a ministry of Concerned Women for America, the nation's largest public policy women's organization. For more information, visit concernedwomen.org. That's concernedwomen.org.